in an African household, it is the man says, this is how it is and this is how it's gonna be. In our cultures, we've taken ideas that are not even ours when it comes to women. We come from a very matriarchal place. But then the colonizer told us otherwise, and so now we keep talking, but it's an African to do that now. Nah. Kids have always been an interest of mine, and I've always been driven to the world of adopting. When I sat with my friends and family to tell them this, they're like, so why can't you have a child of your own? And how do we access that greatness with you? Mindset. You can never be what you've never thought. Are you the best footballer in the world right now? I think so, yes. In my mind, I'm always the best. I don't care what people are thinking, what they say. In my mind, not just this year, but always, I'm always the best. Why did it not work out with the relationship? We met young. We failed to have a conversation of the vision. Love does not keep a relationship. It's not enough to keep a relationship. I fired my job. I was in the deep end. What am I going to do? I have things to pay. That's my income. Now that's gone. The parachute's gone. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to apply for another job. I want to go full time into what I'm doing. Real quick, please guys, please make sure you, you take the time to like, share and subscribe. Go and hit the subscribe button so we can keep giving you guys content. So you guys can be notified as soon as we drop, as soon as we drop some news and information that's really going to help you. And then another thing guys, and by the way, subscribing, it doesn't cost any money, doesn't nothing. No dollars, just go in there, hit the subscribe button. Again, Spotify, make sure you download our episodes on Spotify. We are exclusive to Spotify because we are getting that deal. Okay. Welcome back to the Rubasha Family Podcast. Now guys, today is a very special episode. I literally could not wait to get this out to you guys. I have a lovely guest. Well, I call her Auntie Stacy, but for you guys, you're gonna to have to call her Anastasia. Now, guys, you guys can see I bought my pen and pad here, and it's gonna be a bit selfish for me because I'm gonna extract as much information from this amazing person. But you know, we're talking about someone who has done amazing things here on this earth. We talk about being able to live an amazing life. The person I'm here, you know, who's sitting in front of me has done amazing things. You know, the founder of the Make It Happen initiative, you know, an author. And when we really talk about this podcast, you know, and in your book, Blazing the Internal Fire Inside of You, that is a huge conversation here. How to blaze the greatness that you have within, mm -hmm. you know. So for us to have an author here, you know, over 10,000 in sales, you've done extremely well and, you know, what you're doing, being able to coach people, teach people, to really bring out the God-given abilities people have and to be able to see what you've done with your business and how you're leading, how you're strategizing and really empowering people is truly inspiring. And that's why I think this is gonna be an amazing conversation. But again, it's a, a, a place for me to be able to, you know, yeah, get inside your mind and really learn a lot of things. So welcome to the Rabasha Family Podcast. Thank you, and I am excited to be here with you, and thank you for all that. But I think we need to give flowers where they deserved, and the job you're doing at your age, I'm amazed. The steps that you've started to take at your age, the world is your oyster. So as much as you're saying you're learning from me, I sit here learning from you and just wishing that the children we're raising, we look up to you and know that there is greatness in everybody and if we can cultivate it mm. we'll keep on moving so good job for the work that you're doing and i am excited to be having this conversation with you thank you so much i really really appreciate that so 
as much as, again, I said, there's so much we can learn from you, I always like to take it back, back, back. So let's go back to the very beginning. Um, yeah, from your childhood. Yeah, tell us. Yeah, so I've been fortunate to be raised by strong women. Uh, I start from there, strong women who told me I could be anything that I dreamt to be, but also supported by strong men. My dad believed in me and was the pushing, come on, if a man can do it, you can do it. And so I've been privileged to have been raised in that environment, but also have been raised by a community. When I was growing up, we were children of the community. And what does that mean? It meant that if I was out there and I was doing something wrong, a neighbor, a stranger, anybody had the permission to discipline me because I was responsible or a responsibility of the community. That was my upbringing. Um, gone through teachers that have changed my life. I have been very, very, very fortunate. So okay. my upbringing was amazing. Was amazing. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Kenya, mm -hmm. in a place called Rimuru. Rimuru, where's, where's that? Rimuru is a, a suburb of Nairobi, so to mm. speak. About half an hour from Nairobi in the highlands, where tea and coffee and flowers and everything, hot culture grows. It's, it grows. So yeah. how far is that from the JKI? Now, because things have gotten better, it's about half an hour. Yeah, it's literally half an hour from the CBD, so 45 minutes from the airport. Okay, yeah. and what tribe are you from? Kikuyu. Kikuyu, mm. okay. The amazing business-minded Kikuyu, Kikuyu tribe. <laughs> I, which, which is, I hear a lot about. Okay, so you grew up in two-parent household, mom and dad. Yes. Um, the reason why I like to ask about childhood, because... Mm. You see how you've just only told me such little information, but you know, the, your parents, the words, people believing in you and, and saying you can do anything, both from the masculine and the feminine side, you see how that conditioning now helps the person become who they are because we really are, in a way, as slaves of our conditioning. So, what was childhood like for you, you know, growing up? Yeah, and, and I, I want to echo the words that you said. Mm -hmm. We are a product of our environment. So our childhood plays a lot in who we become, in how we become. And I do know that you can be raised in the same child uh, environment and you become two different people. Mm -hmm. Those are depending on choices and the decisions that you make about your life. But that exposure, that environment really does shape who you are. So my childhood... I grew up in Rimuru. I'm an only child of my mom, but I do have a stepsister and a step and a stepbrother, and I have a sister who's been raised by my mom. I grew up in a household that my parents raised so many children that were not their own, but they raised them as their own. Um, I went to primary school in Kenya in, in a good school, thank goodness. Then I went to high school still in Kenya. And then after that, I went to Finland where I did my growing up really because I left as a, as a teen and I went to uh, Finland. Okay. Mm. So like how many people like were in the house like growing up because you said there was a lot of like, you know, parents were raising. Yeah, I, it's very hard to keep count because there's always that cousin there's always that auntie and that uncle who's uh, coming but from the household was mom dad uh, myself my stepbrother my stepsister and then my sister my younger sister so six of us okay. but then as i said it was never six there's constantly someone 
coming in, yeah, yeah. people coming in, looking yeah. after. Yeah. So, like, how did you see your parents' relationship? Like, you know, raising so many children. What was that like? Yeah, what was that like? Yeah, again, growing up in the culture we grew up, the, and you mentioned something quite important there, the masculine and the feminine, and they both have a sport, yeah? And those energies, it's important that they collaborate. Um, and so, grew up um, seeing my dad being the man in the African culture, but also he was an amazing person who, I think he had seen the future and was very, very supportive of a girl child. Very supportive. As I said, the conversation were like, what a man can do, you can do. Um, and so he wanted me to go for it, a go-getter, go for it. My mom, I describe her in two words that I find very hard to use in the same sentence, humble and strong strength beyond words but very humble she potentially doesn't and even now she doesn't speak much but she's a wealth of wisdom and what mom said don't go through that path don't go through it mm. yeah she she could say it from a distance uh, but their relationship was one of friendship was one of understanding, respect, and love. Above it all, love. So that, that has had a huge impact in who I have become. So you could see a lot of the love in the house? There's a lot of love and respect and a lot of conversation. So conversation in that everybody was participated, including us. We were given an opportunity to be asked, what do you think about it? Really? Yeah, yes. We are making this decision. What do you think about it? Wow. Yeah. You know, you know why that just stood out to me? Mm. Because we actually had a show with my dad. Mm. And then he said, you know, we talk about in Africa, we're struggling, like they say, with democracy. But clearly things, you know, don't work. There's, you know, in government. But he says, you can't expect a country to have democracy and you know, things to be running well if it's not in the house. And he said, in an African household, it is the, the man says, this is how it is and this is how it's going to be most of the time, yeah. you know? So, you know, it's never, like you said, in, in the white community, it's more of a discussion. It's more like you, so that's very interesting. And it sounds like your dad was someone who maybe ahead of his time, you know, especially I think even in our culture, sometimes we've taken ideas that are not even ours when it comes to women and what women can do. And I think we, they limit women a little bit, maybe from just what I've seen, maybe I'm wrong. Actually, sometimes like, I get into this conversation and it's very interesting because I actually disagree. I think mm -hmm. the African culture and particularly the culture I come from, the Kikuyu culture was very matriarchal very matriarchal exactly. until the arrival was very um was driven by women okay right it was really driven by women until the arrival of the colonizer and then today i hear people say but that's not enough that's not african that's an african if you go back to the storytelling and the story of where the kikuyu tribe came from we come from seven daughters we don't come from seven sons yeah we had women who were the traders they went to trade we went, had women who went 
the men went to hunt, the women were building, the women, they, they had positions. So we come from a very matriarchal place, but then the colonizer told us otherwise, and so now we keep talking, but it's an African to do that now. Nah. If you read our history and our stories, and I say specifically for the Kikuyu tribe, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. The, the, the thoughts that are not ours, like we, through colonization, we've taken in, I think that is very powerful. And the reason why I love that is because even if you look at till today, especially, you know, when we look at African women and women in general, but when I talk about African women, you know, the intuition, the spirit, you know, when you're led by an African woman, we talk about men and being masculine and both play their parts, you know, we're physically stronger, we're the protectors, but the women, even the women can be protectors in different ways, you know, with the intuition, with the sense, with the spirit, with the guidance, you know, and mm. like, I think, like you're saying, is more, we need to tap more into that, especially when we talk to the woman, is tapping into your greatness. And know? the feminine energy, Powerful. it's nurturing energy. Yeah. And I wish we can stop teaching our girls to be like men. Yes. Thank you. you know, mm -hmm. but to own your power in that feminine place, to just own that power because it's powerful. We're powerful, we're naturals. We can nurture we can grow, we can empathize, we can, our, our way of leading is very different, but it's powerful. But it's then, I think what we're struggling with is learning how do the two collaborate? How do we partner together? Because constantly the, the, the patriarchal world that was introduced by the colonizer is domineering. And I tell you what to do. If we go to the biblical side of it, and we talk about the, the woman or the man being the head, then if the, man, the woman is the neck, it's actually quite powerful because you can't turn. Right? So the neck, ideally. And I take this from my grandmother. As I said, I come from an iron age of powerful women. And my grandmother used to tell me, a woman always is the head of a household. The man just thinks he is, and you make him feel like he is. But you make the decisions, all the decision, through him, you make the decisions, but you have to be wise in how you do that. And I think that wisdom is the wisdom we've missed somewhere. So now we want to be equal, and we want to, and there's nothing wrong with being equal but it's equal in me bringing my feminine energy and the men bringing their masculine energy and then we partner you're driven by a mission you're driven by a vision i understand you here at ets robasha media we're all about nurturing your vision we all know social media content is the utmost important in 2024 if you don't have content you won't survive in the marketplace whoever has the attention has the leverage what's going on in the world it's called the media infrastructure in our society has shifted have you ever wondered why when there's a coup while they go to the palace to get the guy or the gal they also go to the newspaper radio station and tv station whoever controls the message has the leverage for the first time in history, we as human individuals have the ability to have scale. I get more consumption on my LinkedIn than CNBC gets viewers. 
That's absurd. And not just any content, strategic content that you can post consistently to grow your social media following, grow your business, grow your legacy, grow your personal brand. This is the time to do it. And it's all about collaborating strategically. It's about using your mind, using the power of your mind to connect with individuals, media, to be able to get your message out there. The link in the description, you guys can book a call with me and we can get started on your journey today. It's not equal in the femininity because there's something wrong there. But if we can both take our places, then I think we, the world can head in the right place. That's powerful. And yeah, I think just bars, these are gems, but it's so true. And you know, even when, like you say, bringing things together, as a man, I have a vision. This is what we can do. This is what we can do for the final. I bring that vision to my woman and she now helps me bring that into reality in a massive scale you know the, the womb you know women are the only people who bleed every month like this is powerful and i'll give you an example even like with my girlfriend when she tells me oh like i have a great feeling about this i do it sometimes i don't even ask questions because i know i've seen that intuition even with mum. and sometimes what women don't even realize how, how powerful they are even with fear even with anxiety and that's what i try to tell my mom sometimes is like like don't even try, and I know it's against the conditioning, but even speaking out your worries, or what about if this is gonna happen? No, because you're the, the power of the tongue, again, then coming from a woman is so powerful. And sometimes even women speaking life into your man, speaking life into your children, because like you said, that feminine energy is the most powerful force in the world. You look at the chess table, what is it? The queen is the most powerful, mm. not the king, no, you know? So what you just said there and then being able to, no, we're not, I can't do what a man does or I don't have to do what a man does, you know? I don't have to justify, you know, but being able to bring that together to build something amazing. Even in our organizations, if women take the leadership, Jacinda Alden, mm -hmm. not trying to prove I'm a man, but as a woman, I nurture, I come out and I show you what I do as a mother and how I lead a country by listening, by empathy. And you go so far, other than trying to fit in, in the boys' club. And as I say that, I don't discount that is inequality that needs to be addressed. But the inequality exists because, first of all, of the wrong conditioning, being conditioned that the men is better because they play in their masculine and now I need to play in my masculine. I think the inequality is because we were conditioned to start silencing our feminine power and not let it show. But when we can sit in that femininity and, and lead from that place of the intuition, yeah, which is so much greater and powerful than intellect, there's something so powerful when it comes from the gut and, and you can feel it and you act on it as opposed to on the head and you're overthinking it, overthinking it. Mm. So I think even in our organizations, if we can collaborate, again, the masculine energy, collaborating with the feminine energy, even our organizations can be transformed to greater heights and better things because everybody brings something to the table from the place that they can play and play a very good them. Yeah. If I'm trying to 
fight with you or to go that whatever you can do, I can do. I'm going to really be a very poor man, mm. very poor man. Yeah. I don't have the genetic making. I don't have the way your brain is wired. I'm now raising a king. And as I'm raising a king, and I keep saying this, some of these things cannot be made up. Even the selection of the toys, and I expose him to everything, the dolls and everything. And you can see he tends to go back to the cars. And I am very intentional and very conscious about it and what I expose him to. But still, so some of these things cannot be made up. Mm, he goes, yeah, instinctively, he's gonna, he's not gonna go and make, he could if he wanted to, but yeah, he's gonna go to the cars, to the, you know, that type of masculine, you know, thing. It's innate. And like, again, yeah, even when you say like, whether it's, it's building a company, business, even a relationship, like, you know, my girl can come and tell me, hey, I got a feeling about that person. And nine times out of ten, she's right. You know what I mean? I, maybe don't go, don't go there. Hey, come and do this. I have a good feeling about it. She's right because it's about, and as men, for us to like see that, of course, there's times where you can lead and say, hey, listen, let's go do this. This is what God is telling me. And, you know, a man has to submit to God. You know, that's, that's the ultimate. And the woman, you know, also submits to God as well through the man. So I just think this is so powerful. Um, so anyway, let's go back to, so now you've moved to Finland. Um, how was that experience? And was there anything that like, you know, that your father told you and your mother told you that kind of was now your leading way whilst you were now being a woman and, you know, going in the deep end, I guess. Um, um, but both parents have got a lot to play, but I think for me, more than my parent or my grandparent, mm. particularly my maternal grandmother, my compass, my reasoning board, the voice, that voice that says, mm, that's not right, that's not okay. And powerfully, they said this with a lot of stories. So they could see ahead of time, and she, she kept telling me, I've... I've done this before, I've been where you were. I thought I was smart, I did this. So that, that was her guiding. She, she was very smart in the way she gave the advice. And so being a teenager, um, and I'm in Finland now in my own hands and <laughs> not under the parents, but I carried myself with respect and pride because that was my upbringing yeah and I had been taught to go and get it you want it go and get it and so I went to go and get it I studied um, and at, there was no point I doubted so now when I talk to my mom and she says you are such a child and she was very sad that she let me go so young but there was something powerful about that because for me, Finland is my home and it's my stepping ground. It's my foundation. It was there that I learned to open the wings and be, give myself permission to fly, to know that I can fail, but I needed to fail forward because then I needed to prove myself, to say, I, you can do this. Come on, you can do it. So in everything from that point on, if I could do that, be in a foreign country by myself at a very tender age and be, then I can do anything. And I believed in that and I still believe in that. If at that tender age, I was able to 
really be responsible for me and hold myself accountable and be able to go and study that's what I had gone to do and be able to do it responsibly I can do anything I set my mind to it so Finland for me has a very special place because it was my place of growth where you really grew what were some of the things grandma used to tell you my grandma, as I said, the, the one key thing was about relationship. And it's not just relationship with men, it's relationship with people. That people are your currency. Mm. People are your currency. The relationship you build, they are so important. The um, importance of me looking after myself and from her culture would come particularly as a woman. We carry a lot of responsibility and we give women a lot of accountability, but that helped me to grow. As a woman, you need to carry yourself with pride. As a woman, you need to ensure that you can, you can provide for you, that you don't have to sit and depend on someone. That was very important for her. You don't have to sit and depend on anyone. It was very important for my grandmother, and she would say, that you give back to people who have less. When, when, when much is given, much is expected. When much is given, much is expected. So learning to give back, being responsible for the other person. So those are some of the key lessons that I take today. When I think about Make It Happen, I think about my grandmother because as a matriarch of the family, it started with her. She was the one who started raising, she was a nursery school teacher. And she raised kids that were not her own, no complain. And that was passed on to my mom. And so for me, it's important that I see children having a childhood and being loved because all a child needs is love. So that comes from there. So this has, when I think back of her, I think of the strength of every day. Come on, dust yourself, go ahead and, and, and do it. Failure. It's so, I laugh today because, and you mentioned it here, whether you're fearful, whether your knees are knocking, go for it. That used to be my grandfather, my grandmother. You know, I, I don't care if you failed as long as you tried. Did you try it? Try it. Yeah, so she taught me the power of keep trying, keep trying. Fail as much as you will fail, but the important is that you tried. And play. She taught me the importance of play. Playing, huh? Play, mm. yeah. And, and to have fun with things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that's very powerful. Um, and like, like a lot of people say, like, learn, you learn from your experience, you know. And I see that, but if you can learn from other people's experience... I think that's one of the greatest wisdom that you exactly. can have. You save yourself so much time. So for you to be able to, of course you're gonna fail and things are gonna happen, but to be able to take on that wisdom and learn from your grandma's experience is so valuable. And I guess it even leads into what you're doing, being able to go and teach people and mentor people and help people because it's like, you learn from my experience, learn from this wisdom so you can avoid steps or go into this you know, f fail forward, but at least you're going into there not, you know, naive. And so I think that's powerful than what people do is just they'll go out and, you know, learn that later. So, okay, so you're in Finland and then how's, where's the transition? How, how long were you there for? And mm. I think 
think I was in Finland for eight years, I, I think. I was in Finland for eight years and then I meet the love of my life <laughs> then. Mm -hmm. Or um, actually, rewind. I'm in Finland. Um, I've always been a driven person. So I'm driven. Um, I'm studying nursing and at the same time I'll do my clinical placement in England. I'm coming to present my thesis and I have a job lined up in England. So I'm done with Finland at this point in time. I'm going to England and I'm going to start my life in England. And then I meet the boy in this very close whatever. Then we're having discussions and I'm like, I'm going to England. It's like, I can't move to England. And he wants to move to America and I'm like, mm-mm not moving to America. So we had these discussions of what do we do and that when Australia came to play. Where was he from? From Kenya. Oh, Kenya. Okay. Kikuyu as well? Yes. Oh, what are the odds? I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> you travel miles to meet in, uh, in a foreign country in Finland. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so then um, that when the decision of coming to Australia was made. And so we traveled here. So the relationship didn't work. There was great learning there. Um, and just even the daring, like again, two kids together, let's fly to another yet different country and, and see. And Finland and Australia, two very different countries, really different. How old were you guys? 20, 24, yeah, 24. Very mm -hmm. very yeah. Young. Mm -hmm. so young. But that's also the joy of being young. As, as I'm growing older, I'm realizing your brain has a way. When you're young, you're like, hmm, no care attitude. Mm -hmm. As you grow older, you start to think, what about this and what about that? So you start calculating your risk and the risks that you take. So yeah, so then I um, got to Australia and I started working. Then self-development, again, has always been something that I've been an interest. Again, credit to my grandmother and my, my parents, but I got into the self-development world and I really have stuck into it. I have really in, gotten my, myself into the world of learning and wanting to know more and wanting to know why do people do what they do and how can we get better. The, the knowing that we all have greatness in us and your greatness doesn't have to look like my greatness so we all don't have to be the Mahatma Gandhis of the mm. world we don't have to be the Mother Teresa's of the world and now the older I get running my own podcast I get to sit down with amazing humans who are heroes who've done amazing things nobody will ever hear their name but they they are touching and they will leave a legacy in the world um, and so that is my world now to really remind people that you have greatness. Mm -hmm. Really, if you can just answer to that call of your greatness and why you created, there's so much. Hey, you're a business owner, you're a marketer, you're into copywriting. Guys, why are we still doing it the hard ways? We live in 2024, we have AI. The link in the description, text Cortex, they have cheat codes for you guys, man. You have an assistant, a built-in AI assistant that helps you do everything. Look, there's not more that I can say that does this justice. 
head over to the link in the bio, text call text, go get your AI assistant now, make marketing easy for you, make your business easy for you, use AI, use tools that are efficiently and effectively gonna get you where you need to go. Back to the video. Okay, you said um, you, when you came to Australia, you went through a period where you, this personal development, how? Was there a waking up call? Was there, what ignited you to go into that? Cause it's not like you, I just wake up today and say, hey, like what made you get into that? Into that? I cannot actually remember the moment of why I really delved into personal development, but I just think I'm very curious. And the human brain has always fascinated me. In fact, growing up, I used to think I will be a neurosurgeon. I just wanted to touch and feel the brain and just be able to, it's an amazing organ. And I think it from the thirst and the quest of wanting to understand why do we do things the way we do them? Why do I reason like that? Why do I keep making the same mistake? Why am I attracted to the things that I'm, att I'm attracted with? That curiosity of just wanting to learn, wanting to know why. How can I do it better? How can I... Um, and then I think at the very juncture of my relationship falling apart, that thrusted me into really now get to know yourself, get to know yourself a bit better, a bit more. And who? And then I think two things. There was the breakdown of the relationship, but also there was me growing up wanting a family, um, a child. Kids have always been an interest of mine, but I've, all, I've never been this person who I must have children on my own. In fact, I really, and I will adopt, and I've always been driven to the world of adopting. And so I remember I turned 30, and I'm here thinking um, I'm going to adopt. Fantastic idea, great. When I sat with my friends and family to tell them this, they're like, so why can't you have a child of your own? And having been met by that, I think that also propelled me to just wanting to, how can we be better humans? What is it that we can give more to the world? And so that in itself also pushed me to really learn more learn more about why are we different, why do some people really want to have children of their own and really feel like you have achieved in the world because now you have mothered somebody else. Some people should never be mothers. And it's the best thing anyone can ever do. I know it's cliche to say, but now as a mother, bringing up another human, whether it's through adoption or giving birth to them or whatever, it's the greatest sacrifice, but the best lesson and the greatest fulfillment of life. But there are lessons to be learned. So I think the quest and the thirst of wanting to understand why are we so different? Why are we so different, right? I've always, and I haven't still gotten to the answer of how does one become a billionaire and one is on the streets begging? One doesn't have two heads. We all have and come with everything in us. So at what point do we detach from that thing that 
can drive us. And it doesn't mean success is all about wealth. That is just one example because there are billionaires who are sad and are lonely and they don't have abundance in their life. They have the money, but they don't have the abundance. Then you go back to the continent where people are sleeping on the street, but they're really happy mm. and they're just content being here. And so the definition of success is very personal. But why one person can be in this world and full, feel really fulfilled and content and one person want to end their life because they're feeling miserable and like they're a failure. That drives me up to today. When, when do we detach from the fact that we come into the world fully equipped with everything that we will ever need? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the reason why there are so many books in the grave, there's so many why there's so many songs, so many ideas, so many businesses that are on the grief. Being an ass also has given me that because I get to sit down with people at the beginning of lives as children are born, but I get to sit with them at the exit when someone is exiting this world. That is such a powerful moment in time when you're holding someone's hand so then they can take their last breath. And when you sit with people at that point, and if you get to have conversation, real conversations, and hear the regrets, then it makes you wanna get up tomorrow and be a better person. It looks like me sitting down with an eight-year-old and I was quite interested in her life because she's had, she had, had this amazing marriage. I think it was either their 65th or something ridiculous uh, anniversary. And I was asking her, what's the secret? And she turned to me and she said to Anastasia, I regret the last 50. I was like, what do you mean? And she said to me, my message to you is to ensure you live every day to your fullest so that you don't sit where I'm sitting and look back and say you regret the last 50. 50 years. Imagine regretting your last 50 years. Exactly. And so these are some of the drivers. So when you ask at what point, I don't know, because every, every step pushes me to something different, mm -hmm. right? Whether I'm sitting with a mother and it's their child, they're saying goodbye to their child, that moment changes me. Yeah, whether I'm sitting with a 90-year-old who's like, I'm ready to go. I have done everything I can do in the world and I'm ready. That gives me a different perspective, mm -hmm. right? Um, so there's, there's been so many pivotal moments and I've been so blessed to have those moments. Um, whether it's at the, the breakdown of a personal relationship that then catapults me to really look inside of me because when it's real failure like that, you have nowhere to hide. You have the mirror looking at yourself and saying, so what was your part in this? And whether it's then becoming a mother and my mindset changing and knowing I'm raising another human being and I'm responsible for them and who they become, I have a huge part to play. And that makes you change. Yeah, whether it's looking back and, and thinking where I am today 
is is it where I had thought I would be 20 years ago, right? And this is why I said to you, I'm very proud of you and what you're doing. Because, and I know at your age, I was out in the world doing amazing things, but you guys have information that is outstanding. If you can just make use of what you have today, the potential is unreal. Mm-hmm. The potential is unreal. Yeah, I'm in coaching and in the coaching group, and I think I told you this last time when we had a coaching session, is that uh, there's a 21-year-old girl sitting there. She's playing in the millions at 21 years of age, right? Because your exposure is unreal if you can just turn into it, tap into it, and be willing to fail. Because if you're not willing to fail, then you will not try. And so then you become an ultimate failure. Mm. Mm. Wow. It's crazy, like, because when you're talking, there's, like, so many points that come up and, like, uh, that I want to touch on. But, yeah, I think it's powerful. And like you're saying, the day and age we're living in now, there's so much opportunity. You know what I mean? And when we look what we're doing here with the media, it's like, yeah. You know, at the same time, when there's so much resources, it's also the biggest time for the biggest distractions. Because nowadays you have people, instead of creating their own media, you're, they spend time scrolling. You know, so it's like nowadays you're at a day and age where the distractions are here, even bigger. But like you said, and you know, what I'm being able to do is now tap into the resources, tap into what you have, which is every single day is spending time towards the vision, spending time doing what you love. Um, so I have so many other questions to ask you, but what, why, did, why did it not work out with the relationship? Why did it? I think, first of all, we met young. Mm-hmm. So that was key. Um, and when, when we met young, for me, when I look back, I think we failed to have a conversation of the vision. What's our vision? What are we working on? And so you have this person working on this, this person working on this, and though you're traveling together, you're parallel. You're really not walking alongside each other. You're just parallel to each other because everybody's chasing their own dream. So that communication and really having a common vision, I think it's so important Mm. for, for a relationship. A common vision, yeah, being able to go to one place. Yeah. So you, it, it wasn't really aligning or yeah. that conversation was never really had. And I think uh, nowadays we see that quite a lot is people get together, maybe the attraction's there, whatever it is. Maybe it, it is the love, but it's like, are we communicating about the vision? Because I really think when you have that vision, it supersedes the, the petty stuff or the arguments or, you know, things that of course as friends, because that's what I really think a relationship is, a friendship, you know, but because that vision is so strong, I feel, um, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel that vision is is very powerful. Vision is so powerful and knowing that love does not keep a relationship. It's not enough to keep a relationship. There's so much more that is required for a relationship and, and the alignment of your values and your vision that the single most thing that will ensure no matter what comes along, mm. you will stand. But if, those, if that, you don't have an aligned vision and aligned values, yeah. Yeah. 
It's not. It, it won't. It's inevitable. Yeah. 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 Mm. Mm. Um. Another thing I wanted to ask you: What do you think? And going on to your book, and also going on on to the creation of that book, and some tips for the people who are watching but what do you think stop what's the main thing that do you think stops people back like you said you have people two people one becomes a billionaire one doesn't you know they have this the same mind um you can say so what what stops people back and and how do we access that greatness within mindset mindset mm. you can never be what you've never thought you your mind if your mind has never taken you there, you will never physically get there. So if you're limited in your thought and limited, your mindset is very different. And, and when I say this, and I was talking this to a friend the other day, we also have to understand about the, we, we have the emotional, and then there's the physical reality. So sometimes, you can tell me the right answers, the right thing, you know, and you talk it. You talk it really great. You can talk greatness. You can have the conversation. You can hold it. But do you have the emotional intelligence and maturity and agility? Because talking it and really being in it are two different things. Mm. And, and most of the time... Um, I say, you talk to people and you wonder, so who are in this world that are doing these crazy things? Because everybody seems to think of the right thing. Yeah, this is so unique, this is special. Wow, smell nice, you know? See, this is not spraying, no nothing there. It's just rolling. But because when we're disconnected emotionally and where our head is at, mm. yeah. Wow, yeah, I think, I think that's so true and so powerful. And it's like when you said about the, you know, talking and the emotional intelligence, it's like you could be reading a book and the book is inspiring, you know, have faith or whatever it is you're getting from that book. But then life is going to come and test you. And are you going to apply those same things in the book that you just read? And it's so true where it's like now life tests you and then you're just like, whoa. And then sometimes some people, you either don't apply it or you forget it. So it's like you said, you can have the information and say all the things. But now when you're in that fire, you know, are you able to exactly what you're talking about, exactly what you're reading? You know, it's not just reading and, oh, I'm, I'm doing personal development, but applying and having the emotional intelligence and adaptability to you know, hone in on those things. And that's the power of coaching. So the difference between inspiration and coaching, because you can go to a conference today, you can go to a thousand conference in a year and still be in the same point because you go and you get really rallied up and yeah, oxytocin going and you're inspired and you're going to do all these great things. But then you go back and you're still the same person. Mm. So, yeah. so, 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 how did you get into coaching? I got into coaching uh, because I needed to shift some things for me. I needed just for the same thing. I'm reading a lot. I know quite a lot. Why am I not seeing the results? What's going on here? Mm. Right. 
and again, um, this is when I, my first, I did the NLP course um, to really just get into the brain. What's, what's going on here for me? So NLP, for the, the people who don't know, it's Neuro Linguistic not, Programming. Is it close to like neuroscience as well? It's, it's all about neuroscience. Yeah. It's all about the, you know, the way your brain thinks and the power of the mind and that neuroplasticity that your mind, you can, you can think greatness and be great. Your brain continues to grow. We, we don't, we use just a very small fraction of our brain in our lifetime, in our lifetime. So if you just give yourself permission to expand, and that expanding could be through training, through podcasts that you're learning, through life experiences, but you sitting with those life experiences and learning something from them, not just learn. Mm. Yeah, not just go through the experience because life is powerful. If you don't learn the lesson, you go through the same class again. Mm. Just in a different season, you go through the same class again until you learn the lesson. Yeah? That lesson today might cost you 1000 Tomorrow might be 10000 Another day might be 50 years of looking back and saying, I could have done something better with my life. And, and so my, my push, and particularly people who are at place of influences, because if you can influence an influencer, and I don't mean the influencers in the Instagram, the people who've got influence, who are leaders, we simply call them leaders. If you can influence a leader and make a difference in their life, the people they bring along, huge. This is why I'm so passionate about children, because if we can give kids a good start in life, a good start and a good foundation, then the rest of their life can be changed, mm. right? Um, and this is why I'm very passionate about your age group, that if you guys can just sit and tap into it, the world that you have already opened. Technology is here to stay. Mm. We can argue about it as much as we want to argue about it. But if we can take advantage of it, Right? If, if I don't have to sit here and read a whole book, I can go to an AI and it tells me the concept of the book and I learn the ideas and I move into something else, why not? Mm. If I can read a book of somebody that I, I adore because of what they have achieved and where they're at, and I learn the lessons that they went through and I don't have to go through them and I learn, why not? Right? But it's knowing what are we feeding ourselves. What are we feeding ourselves? Who's feeding us? Whose feet are we sitting under? That's the power of coaching. So when I learned about the power of coaching, then I wanted to learn more, to be coached first and foremost, but also then to now be able to hold someone's hand, be able to be that push for somebody else. Mm, so powerful. And like, I think one of the biggest, like when you learn and you're you know, one of the, the biggest ways to retain that information you're learning is to teach, you exactly. know, to teach exactly. And now that the people who have influence that you're going in and pouring into, um, even like you said, um, when it comes to raising children, you see a lot of parents and, you know, we think about, you know, in the African community, but a lot of parents raise their children unintentionally or unconsciously, you know, because they're dealing with their trauma. So now, you know, you have trauma and things that you haven't worked on and now you're raising the, your children. So things that are out 
uttered out of your mouth, whether that's fear, whatever it is, you know, that's raising the children. So it's about really being conscious of everything that comes out of my mouth. The actions that I do is going to impact this child. And we want to bring up leaders. We want to bring up, you know, people to do great things, you know. And so I think that's that's very, very important. Yeah, power of intention. Mm, the yeah. power of intention. Yeah. And then, um, okay, so I actually wanted to... Yeah, it's a question and I think it's, it ties into what you're doing as coaching and helping people. And I think it's so powerful. Even my dad said on a podcast, he says, you know, Eve, I used to wonder why do people get coaches? Why do, you know, successful people, uh, people earning millions, but they're paying so much for coaching because everyone needs a coach. Everyone. And that's why for you guys who are watching this, you have an amazing person here who's giving so much value. Everyone needs that. And even for me, it's like to have this information is so valuable and something that I have to get into. So I'll tell you, I fired my job. Now, I like to say that, um, but we can say we, we ended mutual ways. Um, and when it happened, it was like I was in the deep end. What am I going to do? I have things to pay. That's my income. Now that's gone. The parachute's gone. And, you know, maybe the the survival mode is, okay, do this and apply for another job. But like even dad said, maybe Eve, this is a waking call. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to apply for another job. I want to go full time into what I'm doing, you know, and really go all in. So what would you be your advice? Because what I'm going through now and, and the fear and everything and, and going all in, other people are maybe going through it, you know, and I think about that. So like in that situation, what advice would you have for me, but also for the people who are going through the same situation? Yeah, so you have the opportunity now to actually now sit and be realistic. I have always said to people when uh, somebody comes to me and said, do I, do I quit my job? Mm. What do I do? You can't be creative when you're worried. So if you can't pay your bills, you need to think about it. When you find yourself here, now you've been given an opportunity to open your parachute to fly, to give yourself permission to really fly. Get into it and give yourself deadlines. You know, it, it, it steps, small steps that get you to where you're wanting to be. It only looks bigger and harder and achievable because you look at it and think, oh, but in a year's time, I won't do this. What do I need to do today to ensure that the vision I have, I'll achieve it? So how do I get up today and make sure that I can do something towards my business, towards my goal to pay my rent. Initially, it will have to be about money, but then it has to become about service. And until you're really doing what you do for service, for purpose, it doesn't land. You can have all the talent you have in the world, you can have all the networking you need in the world, but if it's not for a purpose and it's not for service, it doesn't land. So steps, sitting back and really, I'm, I'm very big on planning and goal setting because if it's not planned, it won't be achieved. If you wake up today and you don't have today planned, you're just going with the flow, Mm -mm. Yeah, and, and I get it being in the flow and whatever, but if you don't know what is it that your intention of today is, 
you will not get to where you want to be. But if you wake up today and your intention is, I want to be able to produce five podcasts because that's where my, my vision is going. Mm. Okay, I may not be able to do five, but I could start with doing one, doing whatever, until you hit to the number that you're looking into. So really, it's about planning. And everybody's situation is going to be, to be different. We see people's stories that I sat on my friend's couch and I, from there I've been able to make millions. But I want people to remember, for as long as you're in survival mode, you will not be able to be creative. So it's important to, to really give yourself like that time planning and thinking, what do I need to do next? But don't also let all these other things, because sometimes people fail to start because I don't have a business plan. I don't have a... Just jump. Just jump. What, what is it that I need to do? Just do it. Stop overthinking all these things. Once you have a customer and then you have a product, you have, a, you have an idea, the concept of a product, you've gotten the customer for it, now go create that, make the offer, and go out there. And just to touch base on what you just said there, I went to an entrepreneur event last week and there was two speakers, entrepreneurs, and she was a lady, she left her corporate job to be an entrepreneur. And they said that, they said, there's never a right time to be an entrepreneur. There's never, you know, he said, I know geniuses, brilliant minds, you know, working in corporate jobs, but they weren't able to get out that, those ideas and those visions and start something because they were just, they never knew the right time. So like you said, also to jump, you know, and yes, it's so true. You can't be in survival mode, that base income. And even like that, I was saying, you, to be able to just have that little base income coming in at least to settle you so then you can be creative because, yeah, you can't be in survival mode and, you know, creative mode at the same time. And I think that's also a powerful leader is able to help his your team in moments of pressure, moments of stress, move from survival to creation. To really get to creation. And, mm. and you know, for somebody who's thinking, I just don't know the right time, to me I say timelines. Mm. Being able to say, in three months, I'm out of here. And really honoring those words. Holding yourself accountable that you're doing everything you can do to honor those timelines. Just being very clear on timeline. What do I do? When, when am I going to do it? Mm. And get out, do it. Get out, do it. But you can't be waking up at 10 and expect you're going to have an amazing life. There's no billionaires or Wangari Madais of the world that wake up at 10. So it's really getting back to what do I need to do me to grow me? Growth starts from here, from myself. Mm -hmm. And then you can go to the world and sell the product that you want to sell. So yeah, I love that. So grow here be here and then now the strategy and everything else comes yeah whether that's growth means your rituals your routines where are you hanging out who who informs you do you have coaches who mentors you what are you listening what are you feeding your body when are you sleeping sleep i think is one of the underrated thing we don't talk about it and it's so important so important there is no Guinness Book of Record about how long you can go without sleep. So we can do these crazy things in the world, jumping heights and doing all these things, but not sleep. Because the impact of not sleeping properly is quite detrimental. So sleep is a thing we don't talk about. If you sleep better, you can be able to reason. We've always 
owned and carried it as a badge, I, I don't sleep, I just, you, you won't be productive. So thinking how you sleep, how you breathe, how you move, what you eat, and what you're feeding your mind, that includes who are you surrounding yourself with, because whatever you're listening to, unconsciously informs who you are. And along the journey of becoming an entrepreneur or becoming somebody different, you have to let go of some things. Letting go of some things might be some habits, might be some people, might be some friendship, might just some things. You have to lose something to gain something. But that comes from being very clear. Being very clear of now I'm not... I'm not working anymore, so I can't go hanging out and raving and having all this fun because I don't have the funds for it. The little funds I have, this is where I'm going to invest it. This is what I'm going to do. Mm, powerful. And also, like, I like also your background a little bit in NLP, the neuroscience, because I think neuroscience is so powerful. And that's why sometimes, like, I, I hear people and they say, oh, I'm getting older. And, like, of course, in terms of physically, yes. But, like, the way they kind of talk about it, it's so limiting because it's like, Yes, your, your physical body may get a little bit older, but the mind is, doesn't, you know what I mean? The mind doesn't, and that's why sometimes, some people, you see them, someone like yourself, you look 20 years, like, you know, you're in your 20s. Why? It's because the mind never gets old. The mind is, keeps going, and it's all about the way you're using your mind. So if you keep telling yourself, oh, I'm getting older, whatever it is, then that's what's going to happen. Yes, but like the mind is still so young. And, you know, so you touched on that a little bit earlier in terms of our brain and the power of our brains, which is very it important. It is really important. To know. You can learn any skill at any time, any time. if you choose to. If you just, I was actually out the other day and I was talking about typing and I said, I wish I took typing in school and my friend challenged me. So why can't you do it now? And I'm like, oh, I've just learned. She's like, no, 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 no. Actually, she took me to my own work. She's like, you're the one who talks about attitude. So do it. And you know what? Now I am in class learning because I just want to be a better typer and a fast typer. So you can learn anything at any time. When you see a 90 year old doing gymnastics, where your mind takes you, you can get there. But if you limit through the self-talk, the conversations you have with yourself, and you limit yourself, you allow the conditioning, and you have to be aware. You have to do some work with yourself because we've obviously grown, we are adults, and you've listened to so much, you've been conditioned. So it's in the unconscious mind. In your subconscious, that's where some of these things sit. So that's where you ask, what is it that minds mind set. If you can shift your mind and the way you think and the way you reason, then you can achieve anything. Mm -hmm. I can do it and you go for it. I was able to build this media company into things that I've never seen before. To be able to grow a podcast, to be able to use media because propaganda is real. We want to be able to own the narrative. You have a business. You want your business to grow. You want to get more customers. You want to have the in-depth service of showing why you have a unique value proposition. Maybe you want to grow your personal brand and say, you know what, I am a brand and I need to treat myself that way. I need to collaborate with media. I really need to strategically think and see everyone is on their phones. 
everyone is on their phones and it's up to you to show up on their phones in a way that makes them go like this that makes them go wow that person is inspiring wow i really understand that person wow i want to buy that person's product i want to buy that person's service i want to invest in that person that is the day and age we're living in so you're here for a reason so now this is how it's going to work you're going to book a call with me once you're going to get a going to call with me my services are bespoke, so I need to assess where you are, where you're trying to go, and how we're gonna get you to where you're trying to go through social media, through content, whether that's coming on the podcast, whether that's managing your social media accounts, whether that's helping you curate the content and posting for you on a monthly basis. What are you waiting for? Let's chat. That was a really amazing uh, session. So um, tell the people where they can find you. Oh, where can you find me? Um, on LinkedIn as Anastasia Wainaina. I'm on Instagram as Anastasia Wainaina. I have a website which is anastasiawainaina.com. So on Facebook as Anastasia Wainaina. Anywhere, Mind Agitator. Mm -hmm. So you can find me through my Mind Agitator. And my book is Ignite, Raising the, fire, the Eternal Fire Inside of You. Within and for all of you guys, you will have all of that access. The link is in the description. Make sure you check out. Um, I call it Auntie Stacy again. Auntie Stacy's lovely book. You know to really ignite the fire within. You know we all need. You know being able to have that personal development in our lives. Waking up and to read. You know your words and your words are powerful because now those words go into someone's subconscious mind. So you guys have access to that. Um, you know and your valuable coaching. So all the details link in the description. You guys watch this amazing session. I know you want more. If you want more, well, come on, wake up. You know, link in the bio. Uh, thank you so much, Auntie. Uh, that was an amazing conversation. And, thank uh, you. With that, we have to do this again, another one, because there was there, there was even too many gems. But I was like, eh, we had to kind of you know keep it. But there's so many more things we can talk about. But I'm excited because I really feel you know I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are gonna keep wanting to hear from you, and we'll tap into what you're doing. Amazing. Um, but we'll we'll give them some more. Lovely. Cool. Thanks, thank you. Thank you. If you really enjoyed this video, make sure to click here and i'm sure you're gonna love that one